0: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour, I'm Deacon Pedro. Today, we will be going up into the Salt and Light uh, attic and pulling out some of our favorite conversations from the fall of 2018. First off, we speak about medical aid in dying with religious sister and medical doctor Nula Kenny, who tells us about the forgotten art of dying. And we reconnect with Catholic recording artist Joe Melendris, who has a new album, Chosen. In our second half hour, we continue our conversation with author Ken Canedo about the history of Catholic contemporary liturgical music. He has just published uh, From Mountains High, which looks at the stories from 1979 to 1985. And at the end of the program, we reconnect with singer-songwriter Lorraine Hess, who has some lessons about dealing with tragedy, and also a new album, Glorify Him. We begin now with the art of dying. I think it's safe to say that most of us are uncomfortable with death and none of us want to suffer. But suffering and death are an inevitable part of life, and our Catholic faith has some very specific teachings on the meaning of suffering and dying. There is a new book that can help us reflect on the questions that we all face regarding health, illness, suffering, and dying. Rediscovering the Art of Dying is written by medical doctor and religious sister Nula Kenny. It links Jesus' own experience of suffering and death with real life stories about patients. In a world where people talk about what it means to die with dignity and quality of life in the end stages, this book is sure to guide attitudes, decisions, and actions in those moments of stress. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Sister Nula Kenny. Sister Nula, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
1: Oh, thank you, Pedro. Happy to be here.
0: So I have to ask you, because the title of the book is Rediscovering the Art of Dying. Why is dying an art?
1: <laughs> well, first you need to know, Pedro, I have a number of friends of mine who... When I was writing this, um, at the encouragement and support of uh, uh, Novalis, and particularly Joseph Nesak, the publisher, yes, uh, people would say, the art of dying, I don't want to read about the art of dying. Right. Why are you writing about that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's because they don't understand two things. The art of dying, the, the medieval tradition uh-huh. of the art of dying, is precisely... Ars Moriendi in the Latin yeah. is Ars Vivendi. It is the art of living. Right. The, the art of dying. The medieval tradition of a good death was precisely to acknowledge the sudden, rapid death that was occurring because of the plagues across Europe, mm-hmm. and help people to think and pray and reflect with preaching and teaching on being prepared for any moment in your life. Right. When when death might come as the scripture says pedro like a thief in the night exactly. so the art of yeah. dying is the art of living now in our day there's a second component to that mm-hmm. because what has happened and i know this as a physician i did pediatric end of life care pediatric children dying pedro yeah. for 34 years probably the most difficult deaths wow. that there are yes and the issue the second part of the importance of the art of dying in our time is because we have now come to understand dying not as a natural part of life Hmm. for families and communities, but as the failure of medical science and technology. Yes. And as a result, we have moved to medicalize the experience of dying. And now, with medical aid in dying, the Bill C-14, we actually have medicalized death
0: itself. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why we need to rediscover, because you're saying that this would have been traditionally... I guess, in medieval times, ancient times, uh, the attitude or the proper attitude that, in fact, was common. Um, right,
1: and, it, and it, simply con- Peter, it simply continued the long-standing tradition. And when I lecture on this, as I had the grace to do many in many, many dioceses in the country now, Yeah. I mean, it, it, this continues the long-standing Christian tradition of a good death where St. Joseph is the patron. Yes,
0: yes. Absolutely. So this is
1: about a good death or, as we say when we celebrate the Holy Week mysteries, a happy death.
0: Yeah, right. Which is interesting because everybody now, especially in light of the whole uh, assisted dying conversation, that everybody talks about dying with dignity, but you would say that to to really die with dignity would be that good death, right?
1: Because what, uh, Pedro, you're absolutely correct, because what has happened, and this is, this is so terrifying. I've spoken now at it, it, it recently in a number of places, including two big conferences on pedagogic and catechetical challenges for our young people, right. because uh, uh, the new normal, mm-hmm. since, since 2016, so 2015, February 2015, Canada, in its Supreme Court decision, decriminalized medical assistance in death. Yes. Both doctor-performed euthanasia, and medically-assisted suicide. suicide. Yeah. It took a year and a bit to legalize and regulate it. That was Bill C-14, entitled inappropriately, <laughs> Medical Assistance in Dying. Because mm-hmm. it's not about medical assistance in dying, it's medical assistance in death. But in, during that period of time, what we see um, is that people have, in very rapidly now, since 2016... August of 2016, Pedro, this has been legal. It's happening in the country. They're yeah. now reporting deaths per year mm-hmm. uh, that are occurring. So it is the new,
2: it normal, is the new normal for
1: young people. Yeah. And so there's a huge issue now for us to be able to understand. The new normal of a death with dignity is not death. In right. in the Christian understanding,
0: right, absolutely. But it
1: is a death that is controlled and chosen.
0: And 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 uh, that Christian understanding, uh, Catholic understanding, I think is is key also because and at least for us anyway, and our listeners, I was I, I did not expect when I picked up the book that the this, the the parallel with Jesus's experience was going to be part of the book, and so I wanted to ask you about about that you know choosing to to use Jesus's suffering and death experience um, how does that experience reveal as your subtitle says you know how does that reveal to us it, a vision it, it of compassionate reveals it care Pedro,
1: because it's the only it's the only way to understand suffering okay uh, i i when the supreme court decision came about i had been involved for years in the Leading up, I was supporting the Canadian Conference of Bishops and opposing the leg- previous mm-hmm. legislative attempts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When this happened, on February 5th of 2015, um, I had to read the Supreme Court decision twice because I am a doctor and an ethicist. I, I'm not a lawyer yeah. reading legal, but I was, I was totally devastated as an adopted Canadian Mm-hmm. By the way, this has changed our care for each other, particularly the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. As a physician, for whom this was a total rejection of the 2,400-year tradition of Hippocratic ethics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: 2000, this is pre-Christian era. I mean, 200 years before the Christian era, there's a Pythagorean epigram in the Hippocratic body of writings. Thou shalt not give a deadly right. drug even at the request of a patient. The, that, this is not about cloning or a new technology where we have to ponder in what way mm-hmm. to use this new technology being faithful to the fundamental beliefs
2: mm-hmm. about
1: life and dignity, etc. As old as time, you could give hemlock. Yeah. <laughs> we have always been able, when a patient says, Doc, can't you do something right. to end life? Mm-hmm. But we have not legalized this until... Uh, we came to the middle of the 20th century, and now in Canada it's in the 21st century. So right. the, the issue is, is a hugely serious one.
2: Yeah, you it ask,
1: is. why did I go to Jesus? It's because clearly there is clear and consistent Catholic moral teaching mm-hmm. from the 14th century, by the way, <laughs> long-standing teaching about both the duty and obligation to take reasonable care of our life, but also the obligation and duty not to pursue medical technology for biological prolongation of life as an absolute good. That's not, that's not what our teaching is. Mm-hmm. But this is not the time, I, I, I think, in the public space, nor with Catholics in the current cultural environment, to talk about the moral. I mean, we, we can say those things are important, but to my mind, this goes directly and intentionally to the central tenet of our faith. The yeah. primary, primary, fundamental, people don't, they think Christmas is the central tenet. I mean, the yeah, incarnation it, is clearly important, and it allows for, for the Paschal mystery. But, but the central yes. tenet of our faith is God so loved us mm-hmm. that he sent his Son to suffer and die for us. So in my devastation over what I saw happening as a Canadian by adoption, as a doctor ministry and as a Roman Catholic sister and, and, mm-hmm. and faithful a- adherent to the church, uh, we had to go the only place you can go, and that's to Jesus' and yeah, his experience.
0: Which is wonderful, and I really want to encourage our listeners to, to pick up this book. This book is not just for people who are at the end stages, it's not just for people who have a loved one who is dying, it's for everybody for that very same reason, sister. Well, the, yeah, the, it, the,
1: thank you for saying it because this is this is something that a number of my the people who've written it, read it, and even as I, I was writing it and sending it out for comments and review, yeah. it's only it's... The, the very last chapter. So it's Jesus. It's tracking Jesus's experience from Gethsemane to resurrection.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the first third of every chapter is Jesus's experience. Yes. Then the second section of every chapter is what in our own experience can map to Jesus's. Hmm. So that we can find solace and support and strength. This mm-hmm. is not to mi- suffering is real, Pedro. We're yes. not saying it's not. Mm-hmm. And I'll make a comment in a minute about if we're going to resist medically assisted death, what is then the obligation of the Christian community to, in fact, give witness to care for those reasons people might consider death? But in every chapter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, what we're doing is first look at Jesus' experience. The first six chapters, Pedro have nothing to do with dying. They have to do with yes. how people address questions yeah. of medical decision-making, how, how much denial there is, how much dependence and belief in the technology, uh, to, that if they pursue the technology, they'll find something. There, there are reflections on the different kinds of suffering that people experience, mm-hmm. from an elderly, independent woman
2: mm-hmm. who has a
1: fracture and then has no place to go, to young, very, very conservative, devout Roman Catholic couple who lose their very, very highly loved uh, child at five years of age and begin to lose their faith. This is about the different kinds of ways in which, in our time, in our time, not in the little hut of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph and his dying, or even in medieval times, but in our time, we need to begin to think about how medicine, and I'm a doctor, I've been chief of Two Children's Hospital, Pedro. I love it when we can do wonderful things,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but I know well the limits, and I know that at all times, I mean, the the limits are inevitable. You said something in the introduction that I just want to bear repeating. Yeah. (laughs) In our time, Pedro, there are people who think that suffering is optional in life. Mm -hmm. Suffering comes to every human life, Mm -hmm. and suffering has... The vast majority of human suffering has nothing to do with medical conditions. No. It has to do with issues of isolation and identity and loss and guilt and fear in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. But what we have now done is we have medicalized suffering. And because in in serious illness and dying, we have no medication Mm -hmm. for suffering. What we wound up doing is using Death, that's a treatment. Right. We end the life of the patient
0: to end, the to suffering.
1: end their suffering. Yes, now, I just know. the kind of other caveat I need to say, suffering is real. Remember, I told you, 34 years a baby doctor, 34 years doing pediatric palliative care before it was even a specialty. There is suffering, and it's real, and there are very serious, very serious issues about care in of the of life we have to address better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if we're going to resist medically-assisted death, then it's a huge challenge to the Christian community to, in fact, reclaim our baptismal commitment to care of the sick and suffering in our midst. Mm -hmm. What are the reasons? Look at the reasons that people request medically assisted death, and then look at how the Christian community, Catholic community in
2: particular,
1: has has depended upon professionals. And we've abrogated what we would have historically known, Pedro, Mm-hmm. As the spiritual and mm-hmm. corporal works
0: of mercy. Absolutely, and and maybe that's a great place to end because mm-hmm. because it's a good call to action that that we not Correct. only need to go get the book and read it and understand it understand what our church teaches better, but then also go out and make a difference in how we respond to people's suffering, sister.
1: Absolutely, if we're if we're going to prophetically resist medical assisted death as the medicalization of suffering and death, then we have to give prophetic witness to care and justice.
0: Amen, sister. We have Amen. to leave it there. We have to leave okay, it there. Pedro, thank, you, thank, thank you very much for writing the book and for doing the work that you do. And I hope that we see you here in uh, Toronto very soon.
1: Okay, God bless you. Bye.
0: Bye bye. Dr. Nula Kenny is a member of the Sisters of Charity of Halifax. She's an officer of the Order of Canada and the author of What Good is Healthcare Reflections on the Canadian Experience and Healing the Church, both published by Novalis. Her third book is Rediscovering the Art of Dying How Jesus' is Experience and Our Stories Reveal a New Vision of Compassionate Care, and it's also published by Novalis. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Joe Melendris, with God's Calling from his new album, Chosen.
2: Only
3: God knows, since a child, I've been mindful, but I can't discover the light, with my eyes closed, blind to see what was inside, but now I know, a love that goes beyond you and I, yeah, I know, only 15, when God reached me, I was overcome, unprepared to receive, God showed up, I dropped everything, tears poured out, I said, Lord, I believe, I You are not alone when God's calling. You can be strong when God's calling. So pick up the phone when God's calling. He died for your sins now. You are chosen. You are not alone when God's calling. You can be strong when God's calling. So pick up the phone when God's calling. He died for your sins now. You are chosen. God's calling.
2: God's calling. God's calling
3: call to the light called to be light called to be christ called to be kind called to be one call all the time pick up the phone god's on the line no matter who you Now is the time he chose you, no need to apply, use what you have, then glorify, blood covers us, now we're alive. You are not alone when God's calling, you can be strong when God's calling, so pick up the phone when God's calling, he died for your sins now you are chosen, you are not alone when God's calling, you can be strong when God's calling, so pick up the phone God's calling, he died for your sins, and now you are chosen God's calling God's calling
2: God's calling
0: That was Joe Melendris with God's Calling, featuring Say, from his new album, Chosen. Now, Joe Melendris is definitely one of the most exciting Catholic performers I've ever come across. He calls himself a recording artist, and I guess that means that he's a hip-hop artist, he's an MC. he's a dynamic performer, an inspiring speaker, and also a wonderful retreat leader. I met Joe... In 2014, when he had just released his album Kingdom Come. At that time, we also spoke about his Rosary Rap project, very interesting project. Now, Joe has a new album that we've been listening to. It's called Chosen. And to tell us more, I am joined now by Joe Melendres. Joe, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Hey,
4: what's going on? Thanks so good so to for see
0: you, me. my friend. It was good to see you a couple weeks ago here in Canada.
4: Yeah, it was fantastic. Fan? It, it was great to see yeah, you too.
0: Great afternoon with Joe Melendris in Niagara Falls. Um, oh yeah. Sounds like a honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 some of our, last time we spoke, and I, I always think it was like last year or two years ago, but it was actually four years ago, 2014. So maybe yeah, some of the listeners, line. yeah, maybe some of our listeners are still, don't remember or they weren't listening to the program four years ago. Um, there, you, you had it, something happen to you when you were an adolescent that made you passionate about your faith. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, I was um, so I was born and raised uh, culturally Catholic, like a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, but not, it didn't really have a strong foundation and faith in it. And I was invited to go on a teen Acts retreat. Uh uh-huh. Stands for uh, Adoration, Community, Theology, and Service. Yeah. And so, actually, I was I was a freshman going into my sophomore year. And that summer, I went on the retreat, and I had a very powerful Christ encounter on the retreat, and, mm-hmm. and that encounter looked to me like all the love I had my entire life in one moment. Wow. That's what I felt. Wow. And so I just, I literally started weeping and crying, and it was this, this overwhelming love that I knew at that moment, that was God, and that was mm-hmm. God's love. And I'm like, it, just like, you know, when you hear a great song, or you have a great restaurant, you go to, you I got to tell everybody about it. I love it, so, Yes. Yes, I, I yes. literally, it was like, people got to know. Yes. They got to know. So I was trying to find any way and every way to let I know, uh, let people know that God loves them. But I also didn't know exactly what he wanted me to do. Cause mm. I, I had a special feeling that night that not everybody else felt that they didn't process God yeah. the same way I processed yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. to an extent. What, and so I kind of started this journey of like, well, how can I use the gifts God's given me to showcase who he is and how much he loves other people, on
0: the regular basis. huh. That's that's definitely the best uh, explanation of of evangelizing that I've ever heard. I love you said it. You you go, you find a great restaurant and you want everybody to know about you know where it is and what to order. Oh um, yeah. Um, but what a All gift! Right. What a gift! And I always hear stories like yours. I don't, actually, because it's not that common. But you hear stories like yours and you say, like, why why that kid? You were 15 or whatever. And the kids mm-hmm. that were next to you didn't have that same experience. So why were you, and i sorry, total pun, but why were you chosen? Um, yeah. And it makes well, me think I, of this I, new album, right?
2: Oh, totally.
4: Yeah. And I even, I reference uh, In God's Calling. um Yeah. I said, I, at age 15, God reached me. I was overcome, unprepared to receive. Um, so I, I referenced that in, in the album, yeah, yeah. and I will always go back to it. But what I the biggest thing is I think that, you know, uh, other kids did feel God, and they were impacted in a big way. And, yeah. and God, you process God in, in different ways. Yeah. But I think what God, I can only imagine that he literally just wanted, I mean, I, I was open, and that was the biggest thing on the retreat. Hmm. I had an open mind, open heart. And that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, knock and door will be open. Like he's he's knocking all the time, but are we gonna open the door and say, Come on in hmm. and you know, let let's let's do this together and I once I, I guess he he thought I was I was moldable, I was open and and um, right. he just, he just got me. So my life's never been the same since and I'm yeah. so thankful because I even think back like what would I be doing if I had not met Jesus that night? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I'm a youth and work in youth ministry and religion teacher at a Catholic yeah. uh, high school called Shamanad in San Fernando Valley. Um, and I'm just like I'm so thankful uh, because I don't know where I would be.
0: Yeah. Why why do you think that I mean, this chosen is your fourth album, right? So what? Yes, fourth wh- album. why? Where are you now in your life? That and I know because you now you're married, you have a daughter. Mm, where are you yeah. now in your life that you think all oh, this is, is? I don't know if it's just coming out now about being yeah. God calling you and chosen.
5: Yeah. Well, the
4: whole concept of being chosen. Um, it says in Scripture, "You did not choose me, but I chose you." Yeah. Um, there was this uh, priest that I knew, his name was Father Tedesco. And Marinus Priest, and he would say, It's not so much about you believing in God, but realizing that God believes in you. Yeah. And so, this this concept of chosen comes with that. It's like, Whoa, God, He's chosen me. Like, what has He chosen me to do? Well, I got to figure it out. I got to a- answer the call when He's calling me, mm-hmm. you know? And that if we're all chosen children of God, then we have these missions from God that we may or may not be responding to mm-hmm. at the moment. But one of the biggest mission and models of the saying yes to the mission is the Virgin Mary at age 13, 14. <laughs> yeah. She was chosen yeah. by God. Yeah. She was a young person.
0: Yeah. She
4: said yes. The world changed forever yes. since then. Yes. So I guess what I, she's always been a model for me, but like, how can we continue to say yes to God in our daily lives, but realize that, you know, he's got plans for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Mhm. The style of music that you do, and I don't know, is uh, can I call it hip hop? Is that? Do you your email, am I okay yeah, calling you, know, you that? Yeah. I would say there's, there's yeah.
4: hip hop, there's worship, um yeah. there's definitely awesome melodies. Yes. So, um so there's a lot of, a lot of different varieties in, in in the music that I create because I I'm I try to grab from different areas and I like that song. So I want an upbeat song, or um, this is the first album that this song called Freedom is really powerful, but it's a worship song. Uh And it kind of, this kind of ties into, you're asking me where I'm at right now, and a matured sense of, you know, uh, I've been trying to do a lot lately is look inside of me. So Uh um, how is is the scripture applying to my life right now, and and really looking at areas of weakness, areas uh, for development, for growth, um, that sometimes I don't think we always do. Um, we just constantly lean on God to provide for us and, you know, help us in situations. But there's times I think He wants us to look inside of us and say, you know, how can how can we improve and work on ourselves to be more like Jesus?
0: Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. There's something about the, the, the spoken word You know, I mean, you're not—you don't call yourself a spoken word artist, but there's something about the word. You know, it's very kind of word-centered. That I wonder if it makes the message clearer for the audiences, the young audiences that Mm. are listening to your songs, Um, because you're also a speaker. So you use the music to kind of as a doorway, and then to, to. But there's something about the music itself and the lyrics, the words. What do you What do you hope to do through the music and through the talks with your with your audiences?
6: Well.
4: Uh, and any time, I was, I was listening to a podcast, uh, and it's like the concept of that we're, as a follower of Christ, we're recruiters. You know, uh-huh. we are constantly recruiting for the kingdom, yeah. and we are trying to make, get fishers of men, you know? Um, Jesus said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, and that's what we should be doing. So I continually want to, to hook people on to God and say, check, check this out. I was talking to my friend Mike yesterday, and I was like, uh, when, when did you first, you know, really get into reading scripture and stuff like that? And he said... While I was sitting at the dinner table with my aunt, and my aunt said, You know, you should really consider, you know, following Christ and making him the center of your life. Like that, <laughs> that's a recruitment conversation. But that's what I'm hoping that this music yeah. can recruit people like, Oh man, this is what Jesus is talking about. Yeah. Oh, so this is scripture, you know, in, in my language. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, I, I, I like to pray the music. I not know this is what prayer was like. Um, so it's just like, an, it's just a medium to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And we should be using many different mediums. Right. I, I happen to love music, and a lot of people love music, because so that's a passion of mine um, that I feel connects on a different level um, to, to all people, but especially young people.
0: Yeah, what do you tell that, that kid that maybe doesn't feel it, but they, they want to follow you know Jesus, they want to be a disciple, but they, they didn't have that experience that you had at age 15? What do you tell that kid?
4: Yeah, and, and that happens all the time and I'm, I'm working with youth uh, that are, are on this journey. We're all on this journey together. One of the biggest things I say, don't don't go through life alone. You know, um, Jesus sent people out two by two. He wants us to be together in mission. Um, so surround yourself with, you know, people who have like, are like-mindedness or who have a strong faith, and then, you know, go find other people and invite them mm-hmm. to your faith circle. And, and even if you haven't, like I talk to priests and nuns, and I share my story, and they're like, wow, I've never had a story like that. So there's a part of me that feels blessed that, that yes. God uh, gave me that encounter, but I also see that there's so many faith-filled individuals that haven't had that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, look, yeah. at, look at Thomas. And, you know, Thomas was like, uh, he was not having it, that yeah. Jesus had, had come back and resurrected until he yeah. actually saw him. Yeah. But there's these, blessed are those who have not seen and believed. Those are so many people out there um, who, who have not truly encountered this, but they just have that faith, and that's what... Yeah, to lean not on our own understanding, but on God completely.
0: Amen. So that that means that everybody's chosen. You might not know it yet, or you might not feel it, or you might have not found it. But that doesn't mean that you're not chosen, Joe. We, we need to leave it there. Um, but cool. thank you for what you do. Thanks for the for the music. I, I know there's probably Pleasure. more thank coming you. down the pipes there. So keep us oh, yeah. keep us posted. <laughs> oh, <Holy, laughs> spirit's on, always on the move. Amen. You know? <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, and uh, and uh, God bless and everything that you do.
4: Blessing, blessings to you. And chosen is now streaming worldwide on all platforms.
0: That's true. So, so no excuses for not listening to it. That's it. Just look for Joe (laughs) Melendres. Chosen. There you go. Thank you, Joe Melendres. You can uh, just type him in your search engine. You'll find it. Like he said, the album is streaming worldwide everywhere you can also go to his website to purchase his music his swag or book him for your next event his website is com. I'm going to put that on our site so you can find it easily here now is Joe Melendres with the title track of that new album Chosen
3: faith, don't let it fade, fear, worry, doubt are not in the name, the name above, the son of love, transforming hearts, if they open up, I know it's tough, but in God we trust, and he's got a plan, for all of us, holy people, don't be afraid, we have a mission, that God has made, built to win, a chosen race,
0: I'm listening to Joe Malendres with Chosen from the album of the same name. This is a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Check out our website at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you were attending Mass in the 70s and 80s, you probably have great memories of singing City of God, Be Not Afraid, Sing to the Mountains on Eagle's Wings, and Blessed Are They. If you were a liturgical musician, you probably used Glory and Praise or OCP's Music Issue or GIA's Gather. You are probably familiar with the names Bob Dufford, Dan Schutte, John Foley, Michael Joncas, David Haas, Marty Hogan, John Michael Talbot. But do you know their stories? Do you know how we came from having an English translation of the Mass to English hymns and then the folk music revolution through the Jesus movement and that great Catholic music that we remember so well and maybe are still even now singing? Four years ago, liturgical musician and author Ken Canedo published a book Keep the fire burning, the Folk Mass Revolution, and we spoke to him about it on this program. Now, Ken has written part two of that story, From Mountains High, Contemporary Catholic Music, 1970 to 1985. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Ken Canedo. Ken, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour.
6: Well, thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's always great to be with you.
0: So I, I I'm fascinated by fascinated by this story, and it, it seems to me that there were like all these things that were happening at the same time that made a lot of this wonderful music kind of happen. What would you say was unique about how the what was happening that made this church music develop in the early seventies?
6: Well, there were so many things uh, happening culturally and uh, socially and historically, politically, in the 1970s, and I cover that in my book. Yeah. Uh, One of my premises in in both my books is that the liturgical music was definitely influenced by what was happening in the world at the time that influenced the composers. Right. So in the early 70s, as you mentioned in the introduction, we're talking about the Jesus movement. Uh, We're talking about... um, you know, America's race to the moon. We're talking about political things like uh, Watergate in America right. or the war in Vietnam. Yeah. And, and Jesus' music on the radio, secular music like George Harrison's My Sweet Lord or Jesus' uh-huh. Superstar.
2: Yeah, yeah, Godspell.
6: yeah. So all that was going on in the early 1970s and the self esteem movement. And one of my uh, premises is that this influenced the composers, whether they realize it or not. And we're also in the in the wake of the Second Vatican Council, the changes that came about the liturgy and the first wave, the folk mass music, and how that kind of led to uh, uh-huh. further development of songwriting. By these 1970 composers,
0: there's something really specific. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me that there's something really specific about the, that songwriting that was ha- like, it, it doesn't. I don't see it happening today. That you might end up with, you know, five Jesuits in seminary that all happen to be writing music and they all are writing excellent stuff and they collaborate. Like, why was it? And, and the Damians, you could say the thing, same thing about them. You know what was what was happening that maybe that maybe led to those wonderful compositions or collaborations that were taking place at that time period?
6: Well, I like to use the kind of trite example of saying that it was all part of a perfect storm. yeah, I mean, Holy Spirit. I mean, yeah, those five uh, young Jesuits that you mentioned were there at St. Louis University. And they had Mass every Sunday, and they started singing their songs, they writing music for the needs of the liturgy, and then word got out in the region, and their Masses were filled with people, the chapels, that people flocked from all around to hear this music and sing yeah. with them. It helped shape their own composing when they received the good feedback from the many people who were with them. Yeah. And the Jesuits, being Jesuits, you know, they, they were studying liturgy, they were studying Scripture, they were setting the actual scriptural text yes. to music. It yes. wasn't always happening in the 1960s, folk
0: fast days. No. So I that know. was
6: an innovation also.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's why some of those songs are still being sung. Um, a big part of the story, of, I, I think also, Ken, had to do with, with publishing. So tell us a little bit about NALAR and, and World Library, GIA, OCP. Like, what was happening that made it possible for these organizations? I guess NALAR being the, the main one that were actually, that they started publishing music and that there was a need for music to be published.
6: Right. North American Literature Resources, uh, NALR, or as people call it, NALR, uh, was an offshoot from World Library, which was originally in Cincinnati. World Library Publications was one of the original, long-time publishers of of hymnals in English during the council. Yeah. And um, NALR, Ray Bruno... Kind of broke off from them, started his own company. Eventually moved out to Arizona, mm-hmm. and at that time F.E.L. Publications, the original folk mass publisher, was going through uh, their own problems with litigations, lawsuits against the church because of copyright infringement. So, and uh-huh. law was in place to fill a vacuum, a need for publishing contemporary Catholic music, and boy, did they ever, because all those composers just happened to be looking for. Summoned to publish them i mean you Not you other edge carry landry yeah 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 like all that.
0: all yeah all of them i mean you 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 start off the book with this wonderful story about ray bruno and um in fact ray he, he must have been like a trailblazer i mean he was a man who 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 maybe was taking risks and 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 making choices that other people maybe wouldn't have 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 done so maybe it is you know people like ray bruno that were totally inspired by the holy spirit um, to participate in that perfect storm that you described. Um, I can imagine there's so many people that you talk about in the book that, um, I mean, many of them are still alive. So you must have spent a lot of time, Ken, talking to people, <laughs> interviewing people. Tell me a little bit about the process of kind of gathering all this information, not, not, I guess not just for this book but for the first one, and then I guess for the others that are coming as well. What was that like?
6: Well, it was... It was very long process, but also very enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I always do is to do research. What's out there already? You know, go on the internet and, and yeah. enter the name "The Damians" and see what pops up. Yeah. And then I, I because of my own back long background in this music industry, uh, liturgical music industry, I used to work for FPL Publications. I had connections of my own with some of these composers, and uh, I kind of kind of looked them up and found articles about them, and then eventually I got in touch with them and either interviewed them in person or did it by, interv- uh, by uh, right. email or by yeah. telephone. Yeah, so it's, it's been, It was a very long but very rewarding process in, in the law. Long- Sometimes I had tons of material, like the St. Louis Jesuits. I can I imagine. So open to the press all these years, I found tons of material in them. Other composers, I couldn't find anything at all, and I had to right. really dig deep. Yeah. But, uh, It was a good
0: process. I can imagine, yeah, I can imagine you you dedicate such such a great part of the book to the St. Louis Jesuits. You can probably just do a book just about them. Um, In fact, I'd love to see a documentary just about them. But then I flipped over to the little section when you speak about the Damians, and I thought, wow, like we could do a little documentary about them as well. Like there's, and again, people might not recognize the name the Damians. The way they recognize the St. Louis Jesuits, but they may, maybe they have heard of Gary Alt, Buddy Caesar, uh, Daryl Ducott, You know, oh, like absolutely. right, so I they mean, know those names yeah. and they know the songs. Look beyond the new creation, shout out our joy. You know, look beyond right. is probably that's, you know I've sang that song that. so many times. Um, uh, can so this is this is the second book. I presume that there's a third book. Is it? Are there going to be more books coming down the pipes with this story?
6: Yeah. Well, no. This. Second book, From Mountains High, was 1970 to 1985, and yes, I am working on a book that will cover 1985 to 2000. Uh What was happening there? But I need more time to pass so that I can (laughs) write about it more objectively. Yeah. Uh, But but in the meantime, I'll do my interviews. So that's book book four. Yeah. Okay. Book book three, which I'm writing simultaneously, I'm going back to the time with the council. Okay. And writing about great composers who were not using guitars, like okay, coral Oregon composers, Joseph Lucien Lucian. Dan,
0: oh yeah,
6: or Peter. They're all being forgotten right now, unfortunately, and their story needs to be told also. So I'm digging deep to find them. A lot of those great composers are no longer with us, so it takes yeah. a little. So bit it's a little harder research to find yeah. people who knew them or articles about them,
0: but yeah. about them. Well, that's wonderful, Ken, because because it is you're right, it's a it's these are stories that have to be told and nobody else is telling them. So I'm so glad that you are are, that you that you found the time and that you're that you that you're able that were able to do these books and that you're working on the other two, because uh, it's a fascinating story and fascinating history that needs to be that needs to be told. So thank you for doing what you do. And I look forward to the other two books.
6: Thank you. Um, One thing I've noticed when I go around and and do appearances for my books, Mm -hmm. and we sing through the songs, is how people tell me not only was it a nostalgic experience, but also it spoke to them on their own spiritual development. This is like the soundtrack of their spiritual growth. And that's why it touches people so deeply. People don't realize that growing up with these songs, how much... It helped them to grow in their relationship with Christ.
0: Yeah, no, and And that
6: alone is very, uh, very rewarding for me when I get out there and meet people.
0: No, and I can relate to that because I can, I can probably say that that's my my own experience of growing up with his music because I'm right in that generation. Um, So thank you, thank you very much, Ken. Good to talk to you.
6: Thank you, thank you, Deacon Pedro.
0: Ken Canedo is an accomplished liturgical composer and author and historian. He is the author of Keep the Fire Burning, The Folk Mass Revolution, A History of Contemporary Catholic Music in the 1960s. The sequel from Mountains High, Contemporary Catholic Music, 1970 to 1985, that we just spoke about, is published by Pastoral Press and available at ocp.org and also at Amazon. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Lorraine Hess, with Wear the Crown from her new album, Glorify Him.
5: I may be scorned for my beliefs But I gladly take the crosses I receive He is my King, I am His child Prince of Peace He died for me Discipleship's a humble royalty He is my
0: That was Lorraine Hess with Wear the Crown from her album, Glorify Him. We first met Lorraine Hess in 2015 when she told us about her album, As I Pray. Since then, her life has taken a few turns, including a house fire. Needless to say that this last year has been a test of faith, and her latest album, Glorify Him, has been a call to do exactly that, to glorify Him through all these trials. To tell us more about those songs, about coming out of the ashes, and about that beautiful time of spiritual refinement, I'm now joined by Lorraine Hess. Lorraine, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour.
7: Thank you, Deacon. How are you?
0: I'm very good. It's so good to hear your voice, and and I love the new music. Um, Your last album, so I guess your last album, when we last spoke, As I Pray, was, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really a companion to prayer. It was about mercy and trust and surrender. What would you say this album, Glorify Him, is about?
7: Well, this one was, uh, all the writing that I did for this album was very positive. It was all about the glory of God, the greatness of God, the awesomeness of God, Um, be still and know that He is God and we are not, and all creatures of our God and King praise Him. And I wanted it to just kind of be, to pair with the As I Pray album from 2015. So one was contemplative with Mercy, Trust, and Surrender, and this was going to be all positive because it was just a time when I was writing where our country, and still today, is just right. so focused on the negative that mm-hmm. I just wanted something exciting to sing. Um, and it's all liturgical, so we do a lot of this at Mass, too. It's, okay,
0: I was going to ask you.
7: very positive. So
0: you know? these are all songs, I mean, clearly the the last song of the album, Glorify Him by Your Life, is clearly a dismissal yes. song. So, I mean, it's a- but all the other songs can also be done in liturgy that it has a liturgical yes, purpose. Yes, they can. And you-
7: right, in fact, one of the... Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, I was going to say and you you're you've making you've made the sheet music available as well, right?
7: Correct. Oh, good. Now, Not every single one has been scored out to this date, but most of them have and I've um, okay. been using them a lot at mass. Yeah. Um
0: so Glorify Him, I mean clearly it's about praise and worship. So would you say that right. it's a, it's a it's a praise album?
7: It's a, I would say it's praise. It's just very positive. Uh-huh. It's, um it's just about being excited to know love and serve God that God is not so serious that you know, God wants us to enjoy our relationship with Him and, and, and our relationship with each other through the body of Christ. And yeah. so, you know, there's one on One Lord, One Faith, which is um, it's a song about using our charisms to serve.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, but how exciting it is to serve. And, right. You know, where the Crown, which you talked about, was a um, a song about the discipleship. We're heirs to the kingdom, which is very exciting, even though the crown is heavy. It's a great place to be, to be a daughter or son of of. Of the King of the Universe, right. so it's positive mm-hmm. um, in that respect.
0: So the day after the album was released, you you had a house fire.
7: It was a, a week. We had a we- uh, okay. I released the album on December second. We did a release concert at Loyola University here in New Orleans, and it was all positive. I was so excited, on fire. And then the minute no
2: pun. fire. Yeah. A few
7: days later, we left. Um, I did a retreat in a concert in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And right after rehearsal on Saturday, my husband called me and said the house had caught on fire. Wow. And so um, it was a moment of kind of disbelief. Everyone was fine. They had gotten everyone out safely, including my dog. And so I was very thankful, and I was kind of numb. But I decided to stay the course. And so I stayed for the concert.
2: Mm
7: -hmm. Um, My husband picked me up from the airport a couple days later. We went straight to look at 11 different rentals. To live in with our family, um, but it was interesting that I thought this album was going to be all about praising God and kind of being a cheerleader for our faith, and yet it ended up being an opportunity to glorify God in the middle of a tragedy,
0: in the midst of the trial, yeah.
7: Which, which is a, which is a higher calling, and I didn't know that that might have been part of the plan mm-hmm. for all of this. Um, but you know, immediately took it to prayer, and one of the first things I. I thought I heard the Lord say to me was, are you going to glorify me now? Huh. And um, and I said, yes, this is a great opportunity. This is an opportunity to truly be a witness of the faith. You know, we can talk about God, and I do that. I speak at conferences, and I write music, and I do retreats, and I talk about how wonderful God is, but can you know, really show how awesome you think God is unless you are at the bottom? Yeah and so I people said, what do you want us to pray for? And I said, I, I want two things. I don't need clothes. I don't need a place to live. I, we're going to be fine, but I want to have unity with my husband and all the decisions that we have to make, and mm-hmm. there were so many, mm-hmm. and I don't want to miss what this is about, and so, so I just asked people to just pray for those two things for me, and it really did happen. My husband and I were praying more together, and going to mass more and our kids were starting to realize what was important and what was not. Right. And what was beautiful about that time is December 9th through mid January. We were trying to find a place to live and we had no place to live. We had to move to another place. We had to keep our children safe and we Mm -hmm. were like living the infancy narrative.
2: Wow. Yes. During this, this
7: season. And it was just Christmas just took on a new meaning for me. And, um, just opportunities to say yes to all the things that I had. I had five events from December 9th to Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and we and I had an opportunity to to back out of all of them, and I didn't because I'm like, no, this is a an opportunity. I'll wear the same outfit for all of them, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And it was beautiful to live through the similarities of the infancy. Now,
0: interesting. Wow, what a what a what a blessing in disguise, I guess. One of the songs, mm-hmm. um, "Wear the Crown." Which we actually heard at the beginning of the program. It sounds like I mean, because one of the lines there says that you'd yeah, gladly take the cross, um, right. and and it, we can say that easily when when we don't have a huge cross to bear. Um, it's not as easy right. when there actually is a cross. But it's only a cross if it leads I, us closer to Christ.
7: Exactly. But you have to you have to ask for it to be that. You know, you have to mm-hmm. keep your eyes and your heart open so that you don't miss. The opportunities that can come from carrying the, tr- the cross, and um, I felt like all along the way, God was revealing new things to me and purifying me. And um, and and I remember a friend telling me, "You're going to write your best music from this experience." Yes, because I was also in my graduate semester for graduate school.
2: At oh wow. So I had
7: my capstone paper due April of this year. All my books were burned. I mean, oh. it was an uphill climb to finish. Five years of graduate school. I took one class at a time because I had four children. It took me forever, but I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna finish. I'm gonna finish, and I'm gonna do it. And um, yeah, and it was just such a victory to um, to, have, to to go through that time um, with the help and to accept help from people. That was a, a huge cross for me to have yeah. to learn to let people let people help me um, to to give me a, their graduate school books from a previous semester so that I could get some of my papers done and to uh, let people mm-hmm. bring us dinner and, um, right. and clothes and sheets and stuff to help us. I wasn't used to that.
0: Yeah, I'm always amazed at how God, I mean, we will never understand why God allows certain things to happen. Um, right. He knows, but 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 how he prepares us, and clearly he seemed to have prepared you through that whole putting out of that album and writing all that music beforehand to prepare right. you through this and then give you that wonderful opportunity to glorify him in the midst of all that. And then. Right.
7: And it's changed directions for my writing too. Cause yes. like I now I know instead of trying to focus on certain, certain things I ask, you know, I just, whatever he sends, I just write it down, because I don't know if three years from now that's going to be needed for something. Yeah, I just have to be obedient in my writing to whatever is coming to me.
0: Yeah, I guess more open to seeing those, his, his presence every day, and, and, and what little gifts, gifts or signs or calls that he's giving you every day. Um, tell me a little bit about right. the song that you wrote for your son's wedding.
7: Okay, so I wrote um, a song called By Grace. Yeah. And what I wanted, you know, when, when, when they asked me to sing for the wedding at first, I thought they were crazy, and uh, because I didn't know if I could get through it. But then I said, no, I, if I'm going to sing for their wedding, which I've been doing since I was 16 years old, yeah. it has to be something special. So I wanted to write something, and I realized, I want to write, what is it I want to tell my son and his wife about marriage? And mm-hmm. it's really that by the grace of God alone, can we get through good times and bad and sickness and health and... Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted, and I realized how much of my own marriage to my husband and to my parents' marriage and my in-laws' marriage, how much of that influenced this song. Um, but it was about when you know when, by the grace of God, then, then in the bad times we see
2: mm-hmm.
7: um, we see God's presence, and in the good times we see the face of God that that God is present through all of the things in our marriage. And, and um,
2: mm-hmm.
7: by grace, by God's grace. All will be well, no mm-hmm. matter what it is, and so that's the—that's pretty much the text of the refrain. Is by grace, all will be well.
0: Yeah, that's good. And
7: so um, I went, and and they, yeah. we were—they were very good about not asking me to sing it ahead of time. Yeah. So I shared it oh, with good. them not until the wedding.
0: Yeah. And, um, it well, was a
7: beautiful moment. I'm mm-hmm. very thankful for
0: that. That is, it is, it is good marriage advice, and it is good advice for someone whose house burns down too. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's something
7: that you know. Yeah. I, my husband and I—we have, have learned so much. Like, why do we have seven cookie sheets? We don't need seven cookie sheets. Right, we right. have to get rid. Of, we have to purge some of it. Right. We don't need right all of this
0: stuff. Wow!
7: And we learned that during Hurricane Katrina. But you know, over time, you just become a pack rat again. And before you know. know it,
0: I know it's so easy. Especially when
7: you have a bunch of kids, and you it's pack so things down and yeah. you see. Yeah, it's
0: easy to. Okay, keep well, stuff, great. So. Um, just before I let you go, then I presume that you're mm-hmm. still. I mean, I know you're still writing because you just told me. So, so yes. p- possibly more music coming down the pipes.
7: No doubt. I'm okay. writing a mass setting right now. Oh, and, beautiful! Uh, some so good stuff. Okay, yeah. good. So
0: be sure to let us know so we can get you back on the program.
7: I will. Thank you so much,
0: Lorraine. So good to talk to you, and again, love the music. Thank you uh, for doing Thank it you. and and uh, keep doing it. Thank you. You can learn all about Lorraine Hess by her music through World Library Publications, Voices at One, at that website, voicesatone.com. Here now is Lorraine Hess with that sending forth song, Glorify Him by Your Life, from her album, Glorify Him. Listening to Lorraine Hess with Glorify Him by Your Life from her album, Glorify Him. And that concludes this special edition of The Saltonite Hour. Remember to visit our website, saltonlighttv.org, in order to find out everything you want about Saltonite Media and also to find out how to support our ministry. Any comments, feedback, or questions, send them to me via Facebook or Twitter. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special edition of The Saltonite Hour.